Koto Katoa. Welcome into the verdict where we debate the biggest issues in sport right now. The gloves are going to come off today because we've got two of the hot takes. Two people that always love the hot takes anyway. Goran Paladin, Jeff Wilson. Great to have you back on. Lovely to see you, Kirsty, and you too, Jeff. I mean, it's been a while. I've taken a break. Um, I just needed to prepare myself, get back. Uh, you okay. took a toll last time on me. I can't prepare. remember what we were talking about. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I lost, so that's why I wow, left. Wow, did left, you really? I, well, I, I, think I, um, I think I defaulted. Because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't end. happen often. Uh, it doesn't happen often, so this is why I feel as though, Kirsty, I'm back. I'm ready to go. There's been some great debates, some great battles between <laughs> you two over well, the years. It's, it's because um, we, we love each other, and uh, I think people who Jeff's love each other, they fight together. That's, that's not the topic today, is it? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> It's not. Uh, I just like you, and I think you like me, and uh, we bounce off each other quite nicely. Let's get on with it. Well, it's yeah, about winning, isn't it. it? It's about winning at the end of the day. So is what it? we got, it is. And we know you love winning. Goran, I hope you've got your competitive shoes on as well. Uh, of course, we have a couple of topics to talk about. You will have a chance to state your case, and then I will pick who's the winner on the day. All right, all right. Shall we get into it? Yes, let's okay. do it. Okay, well, the first topic, this is one for the ages, for all of New Zealand and for the world as well. The new Super Rugby champions have been crowned mm. five times in a row, 12 times overall, the Crusaders. Are they the most hated team in Super Rugby? Of course they are. I knew you'd be a hater, Goran. Of course, well, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> I, I'm sick and tired of seeing them win and win and win and win and win. Was that five wins? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm over it, you know? Like, I, I totally respect them, totally respect them, but I strongly dislike them. That's the word that, or the, the phrase that was used by Scott Razor Robertson. I strongly dislike them because of their success. So I'm going to go the other way, but I want to state for a start. Of course you are. A, this is an absolute setup. An absolute setup. You're asking a former player who didn't play for the Crusaders, a Highlander who competed against them, to argue the fact that we don't dislike <laughs> a team and the fact you're sitting there after the Chiefs just lost to them. You're a Chiefs <laughs> fan through and through, and I'm having to sit here trying to yeah. debate that we don't hate the Crusaders. But I'm going to give you a stitch up, but I still think I can win because I don't think we hate the Crusaders. There are a number of things that give us a reason to dislike them. Mm. The fact they have great success. But in the end of the day, if we actually step back and look at what they create and do, I believe that we don't hate them. We hate the fact that they may win on all occasions, but the reality is that what they do and deliver, and they deliver for the game of rugby union, is something that we actually do respect. And in some ways mm. we do support and we know it's for the good of the game. So why are them for you going? Does it go down like a cup of cold sick? To uh, see them winning another one. Well, it's it's a bunch of things. So like I'm a I'm a Blues supporter, and this year the Blues were supposed to be good. Bum, bum, they weren't. And so when you see your own team fail and struggle, and another team, the same old team, continue to raise the bar and, and go to different levels, it hurts. And it's it's not just that. It's it's also a geographical thing because I'm an Aucklander. And from a very young age, I was taught that Christchurch doesn't like you. Basically, the rest of the country doesn't like you, but there's some strong dislike emanating from the flatlands of Canterbury. And, uh, and so it's, it's a geographical thing, it's a historical thing, and it's a performance thing. And, and you know, like, I, I would think that Super Rugby would be a lot more attractive to the rest of the country if teams like the Blues and the Chiefs more consistently stood up and, and got in their face. And... One last thing before I hand it over to Jeff, who I'm sure is just going to like poo-poo everything I've just said. Um, New Zealand has a really bad issue with cutting down tall poppies. Mm. At the moment... You're the doing it, Goran. Yeah, well, look, the, the, the Crusaders are the tallest poppy in all of the land. And so with that success, the poppy grows and 
people like me are going to chop them down. Um, and it's not to say that I out and out hate anybody who wears red and black. I think there's a difference between a sporting hatred and hating a person. Because I don't want to go down there and, and like, you know, attack Razor and, and the Crusaders. What they've done is absolutely remarkable. Their achievements have been brilliant, legendary. Um, but in terms of a sporting sense, I strongly dislike them, to, to go back to the, the phrase that Razor used. And the reason he's saying that is the fact that uh, sometimes as coaches you look for reasons to motivate your team. Mm. It was no different when I was playing. The fact that at the moment you went in, okay, oh, we hate Auckland. They win all the time, right? We've been yeah. through that. We've been through that here in New Zealand. The fact that we understand that when someone has um, continued success and what we're experiencing right now with the Crusaders, that, that's exactly what they're having. And, and look, I think the reality is that in the end there are so many things that they do which we envy, that we are jealous of. The yeah. fact that they are able to have that on a regular basis that I think all of those things lead to that point of, you know what, I think we're, we're doing and saying things without the consideration of all of the things that happen in behind the scenes, the things that they do do, the fact that what they do is they create winners. Yeah. And we respect that. What do I say? They develop great players. Mm. And that helps the All Blacks be better. They've yep. got a system where they are humble. They are absolutely humble. The fact they do understand what it takes um, to be successful. They're connected to their community. If you think of all the things the organisation has over had to overcome, mm. and that's what I think, you know, on the surface of things, it's an instant reaction. And that's what we get. And sometimes yep. when you grow up, it's black and white. The fact that we're in, this is, this is a fight and a scrap we're in, and that's our neighbours. And I had it with the Highlanders playing the Crusaders, Otago playing Canterbury. But it was Otago playing Southland. It was mm. the Chiefs playing the Crusaders. This rivalry gets to the point where you need a word to describe it. And you go to that point, you go, well, I hate them. It's easy yeah, to say. Yeah. Reality is I don't think that's the case. Mm. You understand exactly what they are. Well, as An I say, unbelievable Jeff, franchise. Yeah, of course, of course. Which, which, whose levels are something that everyone envies. Yeah, that they're jealousy. trying to, ra and it is yeah. jealousy. Yeah. And the fact that we say they're totally okay, but that's my Lauren's point. Jealous. Yeah, what I am jealous. <laughs> I, wish, Without a doubt. I wish the Blues had the same and, success. And how can And you, then the rest of the country would hate the Blues. So this so isn't about the Blues, though. This isn't about <laughs> the Blues. Is it about it's, the Blues for you? No, it's, it's about is everybody it, failing to to recognise how good they are and step up to that level. Like not being able to, to, to hit the same marks that the Crusaders are. And so, you know, you as a Chiefs supporter, you must get tired of it, Kirsty. like seeing the Crusaders dominate and dominate and dominate. We do get tired of yeah. it, but again, I don't hate them. I think I'm envious of what they can do. I mean, there's a famous quote, it's harder to stay at the top than to get to the top. How mm. have they managed to win again and again and again when they have been the hunted every mm. year for the last five years? Yeah. Someone's been coming at them. And great point, great there. point. And how in the world can you hate them, though? Based on exactly what you're saying, you cannot sit here and tell me right now that um, you've got a dislike for Scott Robertson. You think Everyone what he has done... Everyone loves him. No, I, yeah, and that's I the don't, thing. but it, I've, got a, I've got a dislike for their the success. success. Yeah. And so, you, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm not going to go down there and try and hunt down Scott Robertson and go, "You bastard, your team's too good." You know, like that's not going to happen. So but why, I, it's it's sporting hatred, and it's different from out and out hate, as I said earlier. So why isn't the question like but, you're saying more in the fact that why cannot everyone else do this? Why cannot the Chiefs, yeah. the Blues, who are trying to reach that level? Now, the, mm. the other thing that they do incredibly well is they identify talent, they develop talent, but they don't yeah. just do it within their own four walls, their own boundaries. They bring in and bring players into, but. Barrett, stop, yeah, white locks. Yes, but it doesn't stop players leaving their environment who went to school. No. Anton Leonard-Brown, Damian McKenzie. Mm. They're not just doing it for the betterment of 
their local team, their one mm. side. They're doing it for the betterment of the uh, of the country. A, a Sam Darry, for example, who's now playing for the Blues. Mm. He could quite easily have stayed in their environment. He's seen the pathway as blocked by some wonderful players. So, so to me, I get this this historic rivalry. We have dealt in the past with this, um, and, and it hasn't been at a, at a, a situation at a professional level until 1995-96 when the game went professional. Before that, it was a pure and simple, the boundaries were the provinces played the provinces, mm. and the players were local, and they went against each other, and the boundaries, and you, if you went up State Highway 1 or down State Highway 1, that's where the rivalry started. All of a sudden, now it's success inherently, mm. and people are holding on to this. The easiest thing to say is, I hate the Crusaders, yeah. you know? But in reality, I don't think that's what people deep down, if they are looking at what they've created and what they've done, you're going, you know what, I really wish we were like them. Yeah. I wish we could have that success. And the challenge is for everybody else to find a way. But And the Chiefs have gone close. The, the, thing, the thing that raises the ire of people outside of the Canterbury region is that there has been quite a bit of change within the squad as well in that time, like when they won in 2017. Yeah, they had the Mitchell Drummonds and, and, and uh, you know, Richie Moonga was there, but they weren't playing like um, big, big time roles. It was, you know, Israel Dagg was there. Um, Ryan Crotty played. Um, who else? Seta Tamanevalu was on one of the wings. Kieran uh, Reid, Matt Todd, Jordan Telfer, Owen Franks, Wyatt Crockett. You know, I've and just, these guys have all moved on. Yeah, I've just named half the goddamn team, right? And they move on and somehow Razor still finds a way to win. Which is what you're talking about. Which, which infuriates the masses even more because, you know, other teams would say we lost so much talent. We're going through a rebuilding phase. Not the Crusaders. They just plough on and win anyway. Yeah, but that to me, once again, they plough on. And... Whether that's a sense of frustration or the fact you ask the question of your own organisations or the fact that when a team's got that and success can breed success and we've <laughs> yeah. seen that in the past and we've seen players who have gone into their environment and got better. We've seen players who haven't managed to do that. I, I think we shouldn't underestimate the fact that as an uh, organisation um, that they've, they've managed to create the perfect franchise because mm. when you can keep players and it doesn't become about money and that's the other thing. They haven't bought players. They've yeah. developed players. Yeah. And to me, that's, the, that's another difference. The fact that the, the frustration if I was a Hurricanes fan, and but knowing that your very best player, Bowden Barrett, he, he went to Auckland for, and you would have to say, reward, and his reward yeah. was remuneration. He wanted a change of scenery, but there wasn't enough to keep him down there, to believe he, he could be a contender. For me, and win titles, Richie Moonga, He's not going anywhere. No, no one leaves any. the Crusaders. No one leaves the Crusaders. They come down, but yeah. they don't leave. Yeah, yeah. 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 exactly it's, that. It's like a, a Melbourne Storm, a Sydney Roosters, if I can use a, an NRL analogy. You know, people, people don't... They, they want to go to those clubs because of the the successful environment that is there. And, um, you know, they, they, can, they can pay unders to get people into their franchise or their team, whereas other teams are forced to pay overs to get big-name players that ultimately might not work out because they don't have the structures or the systems in place. So, yeah, the Crusaders are the... I would say this, though, and this is probably to help yours, your argument a little bit. Thanks, mate. I need a bit of help. You do. I, I think this, uh, in and around their supporter and fan base in, in Christchurch and in Canterbury in particular, they can, from occasion, be a little bit one-eyed. You know, they, they, they mean, can put the facts on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I know, I know. Well, well, yeah. uh, no, I mean, here's the funny thing. <laughs> I feel for Justin in this regard because reality is 
the best players, the majority of the best players, if you're talking through Super Rugby, they've got a huge number. Poor old Marshy has to pick a side every week, and he's sitting there going, if I put too many Crusaders in, <laughs> I'm going to crack it. Bombed. Reality is, the reason they're at the top, <laughs> and they won another title, is they have the best players, mm. and they continue to do that. But at the same time, yeah. their supporter base, which is critically loyal, and the fact that sometimes at the point, I wonder whether they love the Crusaders more than they love the All Blacks, <laughs> to be fair, they drive things. And you see even on the weekend, you know, when Damien McKenzie taking shots at goals, all of a sudden the voices come up and the boos come out because they're so desperate for their team to win. And I think that can add a little bit of fuel to the fire. Mm. But on the same side of it, they are passionate about their team. To turn up to Orange Theory Stadium and watch games at that place? Well, why I'll tell do you That's a commitment. <laughs> they didn't sell out that final until Friday afternoon, though. 17,000. Yeah, Any other stadium in the country would well, have sold out. Well, I, I, I'll tell you about Eden Park. Hold on, hold on. No, I'm sorry, but you're, getting a, you're waiting for the last possible moment in, in regards to the weather report. And the weather go, report was good, wasn't it? And it still rained. <laughs> It's still rain, and half the crowd got wet, if not all of the crowd got wet. They They they, they, Razor danced. Oh, they did. Luckily, it wasn't cold. We're We're here here now. We're already wet. We may as well stay. You know, so the fact the loyalty that they show is something that we should envy as well. You know, the fact the moment, let's just, in four or five years' time, if they get a stadium with a roof, look out. Look out. The other thing I want to say is the fact that they play remarkable rugby. They really, really do. I mean, it's not like they go out there and what they have the ability is, is to adapt conditions, but when the conditions are good and they can play, they yeah. play. It's not like mm. the fact that they play 10-man rugby and they try and grind you out and drive you down. They actually do some wonderful, wonderful stuff and involve the game. And so for me, if I'm talking about the big picture of the game in New Zealand, what they're offering us in terms of our ability for the All Blacks to be better, we should well and truly celebrate. And so once again, I come back to the pick. If you step back... Forget about that rivalry on the surface. The tall poppy syndrome you're talking about, the fact trying mm. to tear people down. In the end, you'll go, would we better, be better off with or without the Crusaders' legacy right now? I guarantee you, you, everyone would agree, this has been great for us and great for the game in New Zealand. It's, it's a mark of respect, I think, that the rest of the country would strongly dislike them. Because when you are the best... You are so hunted. hard to keep that hate word out of it. The strong dislike, the well, intense look, I'm, dislike. I'm using the phrase that Razor himself yeah. uttered. And, you know, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's a mark of respect because, you know, like, does anybody right now hate the Highlanders or strongly dislike the Highlanders or the Chiefs or, or any of the other teams in the competition? Um, it's, it's, it's something that is created through success. I mean, if you went to Italian football, you know, do you think the majority of Italian football fans would love Juventus? Probably not after winning nine straight titles. You know, it's just something that happens. We, we do love the when, underdog. When you're the very best well. at your game. And, and everyone's been an underdog for a number of years. Yeah, and, and, yeah. But, but and if you love the say... underdog, then you dislike... The overdog, is that the term? The an overdog? I mean, yeah. I mean, Let's it, go with it, overdog. Perennial champions is what you're looking at. But it's not to say that teams haven't had their opportunity to beat the Crusaders. They've had the mm. chances. The mm. Chiefs had their opportunity on the weekend. And they blew it. 13 men, Kirsty. Goodness gracious. Oh, and I mean, and that's another reason why you hate them. Well. I use the word again. Sorry. I don't hate them. But 13 men and they still beat the Chiefs in a final. Come on. Fairly one-sided argument, I think.
I'm so grim, but you know where I'm going with this one. I have to side with Jeff. What? I don't think we hate them. I think we envy them. We're jealous of what they do. They've won 12 titles, and I think we have to marvel at what this franchise has done. I said all I, I along, guilted, I respect I guilted, them for what they do. I guilted Kirsty in it right at the start. Yeah, I yeah. put that Chiefs thing into it. I do appreciate it. Plus, I think there's a rugby, rugby thing, thing going, going on, on in rugby league, league over well, here. No, it's, no, just, actually, it's not no, no, no. It's a two-on-one. No, it is it's not, a two-on-one. It's not the case. I'm outnumbered. But anyway, we're going to move on and maybe bring in the NRL so that you can have a Thanks, better chance Christy. this time around. But our next debate it. is on TJ Perinata. Because yeah. a few weeks ago, rumours surfaced that he was making a shock switch to the NRL to join mm. the Sydney Roosters. Not to be. He has signed with New Zealand Rugby for the next two and a half years. So the debate now, should he have been re-signed? Yeah, yeah, he should have been re-signed. I don't think Rugby League is the right option for him. Um, and I'll get into the reasons Ooh. why. He... Yes, please, Ooh, tell yes. me why. Tell well, me why. Uh, Right now? Yeah, right now. Tell me why. Okay. Why, if he looks at this and he's going, you know what, if it's like for like and money, for example, yeah. like for like an opportunity, like for like the fact he feels though he's comfortable with his family, why do you think he shouldn't have gone to the NRL? Well, we, we sat here a few weeks ago, myself and Adam Blair talking about it. He thought that TJ would make a really good fist of, of rugby league and especially with the Roosters because, you know, as we spoke earlier about different environments and, and cultures, you go there and automatically you become not just a good player, but a great player. However, in the NRL this year, I don't know how much you guys are watching of it, but the, the hooker role has really changed. They're, they're, the ball is in play a lot more. The six, again, the, the set restarts, it's, it's meaning that the game is really fast. A hooker like Josh Hodgson, who at the start of the year, everybody had pegged as the best hooker in the game now that Cameron Smith has departed, he was dropped by Ricky Stewart a couple of weeks back. He's coming back. I think he's on the bench this week. But that's how much the game has changed. And to, to put TJ in, in a, new, a new sport, I know it's an oval ball, but to put him in a new sport where the, the role of the hooker has changed so much this season, I think he would have been like a bit of a fish out of water. And, and so for that respect, or that regard, I'm, I'm really glad that he's actually chosen to remain in the 15-man game. Well, the reality is, the one name comes to mind is Benji Marshall. Is the fact that yeah. the challenge that he had coming across to Rugby Union from Rugby League, there's no doubt the skill yeah. sets there, right? The running, the kicking, the of passing, course, the conditioning, yeah. all those sorts of things. But those instincts for the game, and I think you can accept that the NRL is the most difficult competition league competition of the world. Mm. You know, week in, week out, uh, that's not a place to cut your teeth, regardless of how good you are as an athlete and as a player. Yeah. So is it the right decision for New Zealand rugby to have signed him? To me, it comes down to how much we've paid. Now, the injury to Falau Fakatava has certainly changed my view on this in regards to the fact that we always like to have depth. Uh, we've got two players who are very similar in the position in Aaron Smith and Brad Weber who have been outstanding in their form this year and are easy selections in an all-black squad. Yep. But they don't offer probably a great variety in the game. TJ Perinara is different to those players. He is your um, Tawira Kubalo. He's that abrasive, combative, very good impact player off the bench. Got great leadership and experience. But the reality is, is that what is it that we've compensated him for the next couple of years? Mm. How much have we paid? What's your so what, what? Well, look, I, I'll be interested to know. Look, I, I don't know any of these numbers, but look, the, the, the maximum you can get in terms of a Super Rugby contract is close to $200,000, all right? And then there's an all-black retainer sponsorship. And so I think, and then the opportunity to use through test matches and appearances, you know, he's probably, and this is a pure speculation, he's between maybe the ability to have between maybe 450, 550k, okay? 
when he Which had a million dollars compared to what he well, was he had a million dollars in Japan. And that's that's a million he plays dollars in Japan. Yeah, been nice, so, right? But 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 he's, wonderful. But he said, <laughs> and he's made it clear that obviously his family's been back here in New Zealand. Yeah. So he's wants to give back to the community. He said that in his podcast. So I get all of that. But this, in an all black sense, to me is okay. When you've committed, if you've committed that sort of revenue to a player, mm. does that put you under pressure to select them? That, yeah. And you know when you're going. And should all right. he be selected when he hasn't been playing in New Zealand, or will well, Brad Weber and Aaron Smith? Well, eventually he will play in New Zealand, right? Okay. So like, will he play for the Hurricanes and? Super if they get an injury, in, only if they get an injury, injury in the halfback stock or anywhere across the squad. Well, the interesting thing is he has played first five for the Hurricanes from time to time. So if they lost, an, I think an inside back, I'd have no issue right. with them coming into the squad. Okay, so for me, I, I think that's the discussion point around TJ is the fact that, okay, once he plays a game of rugby in New Zealand, whether it's a club game, he's eligible for selection. They have to open up a spot for the Hurricanes, but he's then immediately, my understanding is he can play for the All Blacks. All right, that's great for us in terms of depth. Um, other concerns, does that mean that someone else now decides, Mitch Drummond, Bryn Hall, a young player decides, you know what? My future's not here, it's now overseas. Mm. Okay, and so... That is the risk that you're playing. This is, you know, um, they would have had a conversation obviously with Ian Foster and said, you know what, the Hurricanes are obviously desperately desperate to have him back. It brings into their environment. So I think there's a lot of upside for them. It's great to have him back in our game, but in the end it comes at, at what cost is it going to be um, to us. And that's, yeah. look, if we think about the conversations we're having right now, so much of it is about exactly how much the game is costing us. Mm. Um, so, look, uh, it's yeah. it's great to have him back, but I think in the end um, it'll be interesting to see, one, how he comes back and competes, uh, and, and when that opportunity comes, and does it come through um, uh, club rugby to go straight into the All Blacks? Wow. Mm. Um, without going into Super Rugby. The other thing I'll su- su- yeah. ask you is this, this, all of a sudden, does a player come off contract in Japan and decide, oh, I'm available again. Yeah, Can I come back to New Zealand? Does that set the precedent for players that go overseas and go, I'm back in the marketplace. And so do other players look at it and go, well, I'll just get off contract. Yeah. Go and play a season in Japan. And then I'll come back and be available. Does that dilute our Super Rugby franchises? What do you think, Oren? Yeah, uh, I think so. Um, and you'll probably see players um, doing exactly the same thing, uh, taking short-term contracts mm. so that they can play you know, here and there, come back, and just like almost flip-flop. Um, and that's dangerous, really, mm. because you know, with the Silver Lake investment, it's supposed to keep all of the best players in New Zealand. And uh, we, we need to try and avoid circumstances like this we're never going to be able to keep all the players. Well, That's the reality. We just can't afford to. I money. know, I know. But the, uh, you're, you're talking about guys like Mitchell Drummond and Bryn Hall who haven't made that next step to All Blacks representation doing the same thing as TJ. I mean, TJ, he's got the runs on the board, right? He's played, what is it, 60, 67 yeah, tests yeah, for the yeah, All Blacks? Yeah. So, He's been a very good All Black. Yeah, of course he has. But then we're, we're starting to talk about the, the next level down, the next tier of players taking up the same same sort of option as TJ Perinara, and that's, yeah, it's dangerous. It's dangerous territory. What about you, Kirsty? Because, I mean, you, you follow this a lot more closely than I. She only follows yeah. the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> as long as Brad Weber has a spot in the I'm happy. Why my hand clean? I find it very interesting, though, that TJ Perinara, uh, the news came out the same day, Nani Lamafe, gone. Well, there's money. Yeah. There's some money. Revolving door. Yeah, maybe that's a revolving door. There's one contract for another, maybe. <laughs> so he's got Nani's money. That's all we know. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, if I, I, can I quickly say on that? Um, it's a bit like when TJ went to uh, Japan for me. Mm. It's an opportunity overseas. The midfield's congested area. Nani feels as though he's looking for an opportunity. Um, maybe time for a change for him. Mm. There's no reason Nani Lamafe can't come back. 
you know, and that's yeah. that's the reality. He's obviously looked at it and said, you know what? Um, well, is maybe there? I need to change. This I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think the door is rapidly closing on Nani, and that's why he's taken up the opportunity in France. Because when you think about the the midfield stocks, they're, they're only going to get strengthened by Roger Tuivasa-Shek's arrival at the Blues next year. People say that he might play fullback. I reckon he'll be. It'll be Bowden ten, Roger so. twelve, and Rico Iwani at thirteen. And so when you put him in the mix, and obviously they're going to try and fast-track him into the All Blacks. This is a conversation for another day, because I tell you what, we, I could go hey, well, deep Kirsty into... brought up I Nani, deep, man. We've well, we got, we got the best left winger in the world playing at centre. Oh, I don't know about that either. Anyway. Well, I think it's fantastic that TJ Perenata re-signed with New Zealand rugby. The Hurricanes certainly need him, especially since Adi and Geordie Barrett are both off contract at the end of the year. So it's great for the Hurricanes, and yep. it's yet to be seen. Geordie Barrett coming to the Blues? Yeah. Another yeah. conversation for another oh. day. <laughs> We could talk so about this forever, couldn't we? I don't, I don't know. I did hear a whisper last week. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I, that, that I, was I, it, wasn't, it wasn't me whispering. So. No, 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 it wasn't you. No, 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 no. no. It was somebody else. Okay. Mm. Well, we move on. Our third and final topic for today. I don't even know if we have time for this, but we're going to jump into it anyway. Do New Zealand sides warrant the favourite tags heading into Super Rugby Trans-Tasman? Let me just read you the odds because the Australian bookmakers and the New Zealand bookies have the New Zealand sides 1-5. to five. The Crusaders are playing $1.83 to win this competition. The Waratahs, $501. Oh, they give the Australian sides no chance, not even the Reds or Brumbies. <laughs> this is, um, I don't know if this is a debate because I think that's pretty accurate. Um, this this weekend is going to be huge mm. in regards to where where we find out exactly the difference between the sides. In some ways, it's a hard one though because we've got teams that are coming off a week off. You've got teams that have just played a final on the weekend. Who knows yeah. if Richie Moanga is going to play in the first game? Uh, uh, some of those guys need a break. Uh, what will it take to make the final? Will you need to win five games? Will teams go undefeated? Do they need a Is break, Jeff? I don't know um, about that. For the, for the teams that were in the finals? And the Chiefs are travelling yeah. to Perth. That's a long trip after a final. And playing at midnight or something in New Zealand time, which is going to be a challenge. But um, is that fair? Uh, history probably tells us, yes, it is. In terms to win this competition, not to win games, I think there'll be some, some crosser. But in the end, I would be, <clears throat> look, I would be surprised if, if an Australian team found a way to get over top of, our, uh, of the Crusaders and possibly, I think, how the, this is a f fascinating one, really. Teams have got home games. Blues have got three home games yeah, versus the that'll Crusaders. That'll help them. Crusaders and Chiefs have only got two. So mm -hmm. this, is, this is a great competition. And this is a sprint. So are the odds fair? What are the Highlanders paying, by chance? The Highlanders are <laughs> $8.50. Get your money on it. You get, that's not enough for me to get on with <laughs> Brownie leaving at the moment. But I tell you what, there will be a surprise. There will be a surprise along the way. Which competition is stronger? Um, Super Rugby Aotearoa or Super Rugby Australia? Just a, a quick, <laughs> quick one. New Zealand is stronger, right? Well, that's okay. our belief, but right. it's a different game. Okay, so New Zealand's competition is stronger. The, the way the competition in Trans-Tasman is set up, every Australian team is in the New Zealand conference. Every New Zealand team is in the Australian conference because New Zealand teams don't play Kiwi teams. Yeah. They only play Australian teams. So I reckon that's accurate because you're asking an Australian team to play five Kiwi teams back to back to back they're not, they're not going to win. They're not going to come close. What about the travel close. factor? Does that not even the competition out a little bit? And the short turnarounds, the Reds won the Super Rugby AU final. They go down to Dunedin this weekend. Six-day turnaround. We'll find out exactly about depth. Mm. 
I think exactly is what you're saying. They will find about depth of squads. The fact that what that what they've been through, how testing they've found it, how injuries have affected them, which has cert certainly affected them. Where do the Waratahs come into this competition? You know, after you know their performances through the course of the season, mm. knowing they now have to back up against five New Zealand sides. Yeah. Um, I, I think, but but on the other side, I think how much tough. did it take? You talk to the New Zealand players. It's taken a toll. Exactly. It, it the New Zealand competition has been and, tough. And, and if they're slightly down. And another team uh, sees an opportunity. And they start resting players. And, and, they, and I believe that the New Zealand player, uh, teams will have to rest players in, in some cases. You know, well, mm. they'll choose to. Maybe they have to, but they'll choose to. Yeah. Um, so the challenge is, is you've got to work out how you get yourself into the final. Um, good chance, like we started the discussion. The Crusaders have worked out a way they're going to get there and how they're going to go about it. And look, to have the Brumbies at home is actually a great opportunity for them to fall on their depth. The Brumbies have just lost the final. Mm. Uh, they'll be drained. Uh, they get off to the fast start, and then you give Richie Moonga a week off. Yeah, that's all he'll need. What, what, what chance, Kirsty, that we're going to see the Crusaders and Chiefs in the final again? Are we going to see version two just in Trans Tasman? I would love to see it, but I think it's going to be a tough ask for the Chiefs to make the final again. Mm. So I see. I look at this, and I, I pure and simply go down to the fact there's. <laughs> the the Chiefs are the team uh, that have got the playmakers to do it. Um, the sides that have struggled have not had consistency in the performances in their playmakers. The Highlanders have been wildly inconsistent this season. You've still got to play well to beat the Australian teams. You can't just show up. You've got to perform and perform well, otherwise you'll get tipped over. This Reds team's a really good team, really tough side. They're going to go down to Dunedin and Brad Thorne will have them humming knowing the fact that, you know what, I might have proved something in Australia but we haven't proved anything in New Zealand. So mm. I think we should look forward to Friday night because right there the marker will be set and the fact for the Highlanders, you know, if they don't come out of the gate well, it'll be a long road for them. All of a sudden it's busy for you guys as well. You know, like oh, five, it's great, isn't it? This is awesome. Five games this, every weekend. This, this comp is awesome. Five weeks, bang, bang, you know, five games. And look, to be honest with you, I've loved watching us play each other. Beating it's each time other to move on. Mean. It's yeah, exactly. It's time to move on and let's play somebody else and see who's going to put their hand up to be an All Black in 2021. Yeah. Next five weeks, some guys will go. You know what? I want to stand out. And we shouldn't forget as well. Australia left their mark on us last year in terms of the um, uh, the Wallabies. Yep. So you know they they put their hand up and said, you know what? Dave Rennie wants us to do this, and we're going to do this. We should take nothing for granted. How will the Blues go in Super Rugby trans So No Caleb Clark. We know that he's gone off to the Olympics now. Tom Robinson, Patrick Tuipulotu, both injured, and we're not sure how long for. Mm. But they were an underperforming side in the trans Well, they ended up tied in points. Um, they won four games. Yeah, but they, they, the final, though, did they? Mate, they, they were... wouldn't have been tied on points with the Chiefs if... The Chiefs the didn't chi yeah, exactly. a second-string side. Yeah, like if, if the Chiefs put out who they had been putting out week after week in that five-game winning streak. There's no way the Blues win that game. There's no way in the world. Look, look um, unfortunately for the Blues, um, they've got uh, three players who it's uh, do or die for in, in regards to their impact in Super Rugby right now. Uh, Otteri Black, uh, Harry Plummer and Stephen Perifeta. Mm. Um, because Bowden Barrett and Roger Tuovasa-Shek are coming next yeah. year. They're coming and they're going to be the first five and second five in all likelihood. Uh, they're looking for uh, a fullback. Someone to step up. Those three playmakers. We know who it is. Might be Geordie. So well, I mean, the three that's names that just that's mentioned may be having to go somewhere else. They may have to, or they or have sit to, on they, the they, They're the ones that you 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 win when things aren't going well for the Blues. Those are the guys that you need to step up. Finlay Christie's another one. The fact Sam Knock, their halfbacks, the key decision makers. In the end, the Blues. I think yeah. this season because their forward pack is pretty good. Like, it's pretty robust. Their loose forward trio, really, really strong. Um, uh, Papali'i, uh, 
you know, uh, Robinson, uh, Satutu, uh, they're going to be a real threat for them. Uh, I think they've been good up front. Props, no problem. Front row, uh, Kurt Eklund. <laughs> you know, He's already had a holiday for five weeks. Yeah, exactly, but what, what I'm saying is the fact they'll get enough ball. Yeah. They'll be good enough in the loose forward trio. In the end, it'll be how the back line operates and are they good enough. And now without an impact player who showed glimpses, didn't do enough to me to be in the All Blacks this year, Caleb Clark, yeah. uh, at this stage, but he's not going to be there, so someone else has how to How quickly up. that changed, eh? You know, I mean, he, he came on the scene like he was a, he was a runaway freight train. Didn't give him the ball. Yeah. <laughs> you and, know, like just... He just... and he was injured. Mm. Yeah, injured. injured. Yep. And, he came and, out and said that he picked up an Achilles injury and had been on crutches during the bye week, so he wasn't playing to his best because of the injury. Well, well how why, was why it allowed to happen? Why, why, why is he out there then? I mean, that's yeah. the thing, you know, like if he's not in a position to go out and perform at his top level, are you telling me there aren't other guys that, you know, are you going 80% of Ronnie Clark is better than 100% of others? Well, Caleb, I mean, a Ronnie Clark at 80% nowadays probably isn't that I great. I still would not like to tackle that. <laughs> At 80%, I still would, uh, I would still not like to uh, tackle that. Oh, you that. go, all right. Uh, no, 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 no. I'd still be jersey pulling. And uh, these days... Uh, dragged along. So, yeah, so I think the Blues are a massive um, talking point going through the mm. course of this. Because in the end, all of the great momentum that we thought was there, it disappeared very, very quickly. And their last game yeah. against the Chiefs did nothing to bring that back because no. the Chiefs team are right there to, what, the 72nd minute mark yeah. with a bunch of babies. That's right. I mean, that, that Chiefs side, what was it, six debutants, and I think eight more had played and five or fewer Super Rugby games. rested frontline players. Mm. That's why I think they could be there come the back end of this comp. Yeah, they could be in the picture mm. because oh, those young kids are so good, so talented. Let's lay down, down a marker then because we like doing predictions, don't we, so that we can bring it back in six weeks' time and pick who's in the final. Who'll be in the final for you, Goran? Crusaders and the Chiefs. The most hated team in Super Rugby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there's a dislike for them. And uh, oh, look, I hope they're there. I hope the Crusaders are there because they've set the bar and the standard and I hope they're able to continue and they hold this competition as in high regard as they did for Super Rugby Aotearoa because they celebrated this. I heard uh, Razors talk about the job not done, so I'm definitely picking that they're there because you're just adding to their legacy. Um, they know how to win. Uh, who's the other team? I, I, I actually, and this is the only time on this podcast I'll probably agree with them, I absolutely agree that the Chiefs are the side that have the team, the complete Great package, job, Jeff. Great package. job, mate. It still means you so, lost, by yeah, the way. I know, yeah. Okay? Job well but, done, but I think I, That's what usually happens on this program. And you're probably hoping it's the same result. Well, I'm... Other than the exactly. over at the end, the yeah. end score. Chiefs yeah. Crusaders yeah, final in six weeks' time. What a rematch that would be. You think about and that. And Hamilton. Yeah. Let's, Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's yeah. go to Hamilton. Let's go to Hamilton this time. No rain, Let's go to the please. Tron. Let's go to the Tron. <laughs> City of the future. Yes. Has it, or has it finally arrived? Because we've been saying it's the city of the future for about three decades now. Are they finally there? to get there, I think. I think, oh, I think we might be way still waiting. Just, just we're still waiting. <laughs> we're not even connected to Auckland yet, are they? Oh, not, no. not, is that train going from one to the next? Oh, the, the expressway's in oh, place. Oh, is it going? Yeah. Is it? Has it got past? Quite to get down there now. Pocono. Has it got past Pocono? Oh, the express. <laughs> I think you're talking about the road. I'm talking about the road. Oh, I thought you it was supposed to be fast road. I'm going to take the train, mate. the train? It is a good drive now, eh? Hey? You missed the yeah, ticket line lovely. in the KFC, though. Oh, stop it. I know. That's a tough drive. Anyway, you two walk in here. Beating your chest and you walk out shaking hands and great mates. Yeah, so well done. That's Thank great you for leadership. On. Yeah, that's yeah. great leadership. I'll just let you go. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent to have you two on board. Jeff wins this one. Yeah. I'm sorry, well but done, you can mate. shut him a coffee, Goran. And that is another episode of The Verdict for this week. We'll catch you soon.